Talk Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Get ready to raise a toast with Seattle's most spirited hour of talk. Happy Hour Radio, sponsored by Mary Hill Winery. Explore the best in Washington wines, beer, spirits, food, and more with your guide, Seattle sommelier, Christopher Chan. It's Happy Hour Radio, right now on Talk Radio 570 KVI. Well, hello. Won't you come in to my haunted hour radio? Uh, 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 uh. I'm your host, Christopher Chan. Happy Halloween. Hopefully uh, you are, uh, well, you got lots of knocks on the doors, but you got the radio on loud and uh, scaring them with my voice. I can say something uh, really spooky. Uh, it's Halloween Eve, and uh, or is this Halloween? Which is it? I think it's just Halloween, right? All Dead Night was last night, or what do they call it? Those movies, The Crow, remember that? That was my favorite. I was The Crow one time for Halloween. I was Ace Fraley one time for Halloween, and... Uh, I was a a Men in Black. That was when you need a real quick costume. You just throw on some shades and an overcoat or a, a sport coat, and you call it good. But welcome to Happy Hour Radio. I'm excited to be here, as always. Uh, and if you've got little kitties out there, perhaps they are dressing up as some of those Marvel characters, those superheroes. And, uh, you know, that goes way back to the superheroes of uh, Greek mythology. And uh, I'm excited to have Andrea Iglesias, uh, who is with, uh, well, is one of the co partners with along with their mother with Athenia Athenae Imports Athenae which oh, I'll figure it out it's all Greek to me right now but we're going to be chatting about Greek wines and so I'll get right into it um, Andrea Iglesias welcome to happy hour thank you very much for having me all right so help me out through, I, I can barely get the Athenae yep oh, finally that third time's a charm we make you work a little bit yes you know, they do you know, I took Spanish and French, and I took English. <laughs> well, this Greek stuff's new, and it's very exciting because uh, in my world, my sommelier world, um, the Court of Master Sommeliers is now uh, recognizing a Certico uh, as one of the classic grapes, and it should be on our grid here. It's actually for the master level, and we were chatting about that today, um, or this week, I should say, in uh, my SOM community, and so excited to have you because we're going to be tasting some Certico. So, Andrea, um, tell me about your family and Athena Imports. Well, my family started the company in 1974. Um, They actually started in the wine business working with French wines. That was the first part. But then they decided to part ways with their business partner. And then, I would say late 70s, early 80s, started working with wines from Greece. And then they were actually the original importers for Butari back in the day. Uh, Yes. But then they decided they wanted to part ways again because um, the, that company figured they could have more success globally or in, you know throughout the U.S. with a larger company. And then my parents did. They had a really like good hard conversation, and that's when the um, the industry was changing in Greece. All of these small to medium sized wineries were just a, like scratching the surface, just starting to make wine on a more commercial level than just as opposed to just for like the local community. And then my parents said, you know, I think this is going to be the wave of the future. Oh. And yeah, so in about, I would say like 82, 83 is when they started working with some key smaller wineries and started importing them into the United States. So you you were based where? We're based in, New, we've always been based in based New York. Based in New York. Yes. In Don't New let York. this beautiful New York accent fool you so much. Okay. Yes, I'm a born and bred New Yorker. Ah, excellent. Yes. Well, we're called Little New York, by the way. They call Seattle Little really? New York. That's what the settlers called it, yeah. 
How pretty, hmm. huh? We got a little port city and some Very big, cool. tall buildings now. So it's almost identical, except we don't have quite the accent. Although people say we do have an <laughs> accent here. Well, how fun is that? And when did you get involved? Um, I graduated college in 1997 and then Kit went into work full time. So I've been doing this full time since then. Um, with your mother? With my parents. My my, oh, my father was still alive right. at the time. And then in 1999, my father passed away actually on vacation. We were in Greece. So uh, I guess at that point, I learned the business a lot quicker than normally, you know, for a 25 year old, and um, started doing everything at that point, and uh, have been pretty much doing everything ever since. Everything, okay. Yeah, I was I've learned what your everything role is, from. A- oh yeah, I do everything. I can do everything from compliance to load a truck. I can't drive the forklift. I'm not. I've tried and <laughs> I've forked the pallet, so I've been uh, told not go down into the warehouse so often. Right. But you know, I've, I can. I do it all. Well, wonderful. It's great to uh, uh, revisit uh, the wines of Greece. And uh, how many grape varieties do you think there exist in uh, the Greek Isles and the mainland? There are approximately 300. 300. Yep. And how many are made in commercially in wine? I know there's a lot of made because that's in my backyard and we just make the wine for the familia and all that. Or... Mm-hmm. I would probably say out of the 300, you've got about a good four dozen right now that are in commercial production and then you're starting to see another layer of grapes that were almost either extinct or maybe forgotten about or just made again on a more local level they're starting to have a resurgence as well it is and it's it's quite interesting because what we know um when world-class wine becomes in front of us we recognize uh lots of old vines Mm -hmm. uh, poor soils ancient viticulture techniques which provide for a much new character and flavor of wine Yes, that's that's very true. And plus, the grape varieties you have there are are quite different. They tend to be a little um, more acidic. I think there's yes. great acidity there based on the soils, and of course, but you still have warmth, so you get this ripeness. So it's a cool balance. It is, and I think the majority. What people always think about Greece is that they think that the country is just all beach and party and summertime all year round. <laughs> and those pretty white houses, yeah. <laughs> yes, you know that's gorgeous too. But you know what's really interesting is that the majority of the vineyards are located in higher altitudes. The majority, I'm going to say about 80%, are at least at 400 feet above sea level and go upwards over 1,000. So okay. you're at a higher altitude, so yeah. you have you have this interesting uh, climate as well because you have a lot of microclimates throughout Greece. Sure. But you're on, and everything is also, there's no mechanization, so everything is hand harvested. And you're on slopes for the most part throughout most of the, uh, most of the Appalachians and the growing regions. And so you have, people just don't necessarily think about that. So that's why you have this really, really great acid. And what also is important, I think, is that Greece has actually stayed very restrained on alcohol. You're not finding 15, 16, 17% alcohol wines coming out of the country. There are some grape varieties where um, the producers will get squirrely if, like, for example, a Moscofilero that we represent, if it gets above 12% alcohol, he freaks out. Like, yeah, 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 it's very, very cool. So Interesting. And I wonder if that's because they maintain that level of alcohol by picking at a certain time, picking a little early to maintain acidity, or is it just... No, it's inherently in the grapes. In the grapes. In the soil, yeah. yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, Greece overall will start harvest. It depends again on the year. This year, you started to have... Um, Crete started the beginning of August with their whites, followed into Santorini. They were about... 10th of and August. And these are further south? Yes. Okay. For the, so the southern vineyards start right around the beginning of August, creeping your way up, and then you'll finish in Nausa in the north, probably in this year. I think it's about now. 
And now so is, is known for more red wines? Yes. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So you have everything starting. It's just all over the place. And that's why everyone's like, they get crazy when they have, a, like, a, for example, our second winery we're going to try today. He's got his first property in Santorini. So he's there pretty much July through the end of August. And then heads to Nemea for his red wine harvest and all of that fun stuff, which happens... They just they finished that up about two weeks ago. Interesting. So, yeah. Well, you know, I talked to uh, obviously Washington has a burgeoning wine uh, culture. Actually, you know, it's getting pretty big since it's uh, I think it's second or third largest in the United States. New York is really pushing us. Um, but we all talk about the family with the vineyard and the harvest, and that everyone's working together. And it, it's it's you know those old pictures where we're sitting in the vineyard and we've just taken a lunch break. What do they serve for lunch there in and uh, at a Greek uh, harvest lunch or something like that? Ooh, well, some people actually are going to harvest at night, so they're going to have just finished dinner <laughs> <laughs> because they want for they sure. want cooler temperatures. Yeah, makes sense. Um, you know, things that are going to pack light. You're going to have a lot of fruit, maybe some vegetables, a small sandwich. Typically during the day when you're in harvest, you're in full on mode. Yeah, you're rolling. And, huh? Yeah, you're rolling. You're not you're not stopping for okay. lunch because but it's you'll get the... cheese and some bread, maybe some olives, a couple of cucumbers, but it'll never be like a full out lunch. The, the big party is always at the end. I see, and, and that makes sense. The Mediterranean diet. Persists yep. uh, for all, and is most of the harvest uh, staff, the the work, vineyard workers, um, local, or uh, do you have a a group of um, outsiders or? Um Immigrants, migrants who come in. To it's, a, help? it's a mix. Yeah. Um, you have, you do have some migrants that come in. Um, you know, you have Albanians, Bulgarians, and so forth. And then you have some of the local village people too. So it's a mixture. But a lot of even if they want to consider them migrants, but they're really not. I mean, they, they probably have lived there also in some places for 10, 15 years. So sure. they're, are they considered locals now? Hmm, depends on where they were born. You know, <laughs> but how many um, taxes are paying. Yeah, you know. So it's uh, you get. I think you get both. It depends, again, where you are and uh, what your needs are and how big your, your property is. Sure. Let's learn a little Greek right now. Um, tell me the word for hello. If we're saying it formally, it's yasas. Great. And, and it, if it was just you and I informally, it's yasu. Like I would say, hey, when if I'm saying to you, hey, how are you? It would be like yasu tikanis. So, and what's the word for harvest? Harvest is trigo. Trigo. Mm -hmm. Very cool. And what's the word for drinking? Oh, well, the verb is pinume, or, you know, to drink. So, you know, we're going to have, we're going to be, or if you want to taste, taste, you know. Taste, what's taste? Um, we would say, like, we're going we're gonna to taste, tadokimashume, gracias. All right. So hey, we're tasting a lot of wines. We're going to takomasia. Uh, hold on, no, tadokimashume. All right. Yeah, I know, it's not an easy language, believe me. <laughs> Nor is Chinese, I'm still struggling <laughs> with that. All right, well, let's jump into some of these great wines. Sure. I've got Andrea Inglesias uh, with Athene Imports. Uh, our first wine is a white wine, dry white wine. Tell us about this. So we are starting with the grape Malaguzia today. Uh, I brought this out because it's one of these grape varieties that it has great potential in Greece, but it's always, it's been a bit one of those difficult grapes to work with in the past, um, you know, 20, 30 years, because it, there are times and in certain places that Malaguzia can get very, uh, get prone to oxidation. It's a grape that needs great care during harvest. Uh, this producer you're, we're tasting right now is called Papa Yanakos, and he is actually just located right outside the airport in Athens, which is really crazy. So from some of his higher altitude vineyards, you can see the uh, the tower and you can see the planes taking off. But Malaguzia in this form, and it's also from a single vineyard called Galoyeri, it's got a salty quality to it and it's a little bit waxy on the palate. There's no time in oak, but it's just got a little, it's got some skin contact too. But I find that it's just really interesting because everyone always thinks, and you know, we're going to talk about a Sirtico again, after, we're going to talk about it afterwards, but it's one of these grapes that just makes some really beautiful wines that can age very gracefully as well. And it's a grape variety for some people that might not 
want to drink something that's super high acid like a Certico. They want to try something different. And so Malaga's, yes, starting to enjoy a resurgence in Greece as well. Well, let's say, so this is 100% Malaguzia. Malaguzia. Emphasis is always towards the end of the word in Greek. Malaguzia. Yep. Okay, so uh, a great variety that I have never tasted before, so I'm quite excited. Um, it smells very complex, and I, I get the oxidative fruit note, and I get a little bit of reduction, and I get a certain sense of salinity and soil mm-hmm. coming exuding out of the glass. Yep, that's it's um, where their vineyards are. It's a very chalky soil again, and these are actually um, bush vines that are about 70, year, 70 years old. Yeah. So there's a lot of complexity that happens there. And even though you're not super high above sea level, you're maybe about 300 feet, you have, they're close enough to the water where you have a great sea breeze that's Mm -hmm. coming in. So that also imparts a little bit of that salinity and you get that savory quality in the wine. A little sherry esque there too, um, or the Hareth wines. And, you know, bush vines, I don't know if everyone knows, bush vines are typically what, 18 inches tall, 22? Is that? Yeah, and they're so, they're low to the ground and makes it for very um, difficult. Harvesting for people. I mean, it's back breaking pain. And so when you're out drinking a, a wine from Greece, Know that someone was hunched over picking your grapes. <laughs> That's for sure. So you better love it. Um, and this is actually called. Calogeri? Calogeri, yes. Calogeri. Don't forget, G's are Y's in Greek. We don't have a hard G sound. So, like, of course, when people say, oh, they love their gyros, no, it's it's gyro. Oh, that's right. Always, yeah. always. Ev- always remember that G's are Y's in Greek, and they're like a guh sound. It's a guttural It's a guttural sound. We All don't right, have this a hard is great. G. This is our, our complimentary Greek, Greek lesson there here. There you go. And, Free and, of charge. Right. And what, what was this wine called? This is a retail price. Um, this is probably in the seventeen twenty dollar range. About that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, very cool. And this is vintage twenty fourteen. Now, yes. do the vintages really differ in in the islands there? Well, um, hmm. The past few years, we've been very fortunate that we've had consistent vintages, especially for these whites. Um, it's this year was a little bit interesting in terms of the north. They had some rain. So in uh, it where where Papa Yanako says no, they're pretty consistent year to year. So it's been great. Okay, it makes sense. Now I tasted the wine. Um, it's vibrant, moderate plus acidity. Uh, it's lithe. It's it's glycerol. You get the richness, mm-hmm. and um, it's got a little bit of, of, of dried apricot on the finish, um, dried apple as well. Um, I really like it, and there's a certain abrasive character to it as well. Um, that is called Colliere uh, Domain. Papayanikos. Papayanakos. Papayanakos. Or if you um, want to go rapper on it, you can call him Papa G. I do that too. Papa G. Some of my people. <laughs> That's what we like. Well, stick around, folks. When we come back from this break, uh, we'll, we'll be tasting more wines from Greece with Andrea Inglesias of Athene Imports here on Happy Hour Radio. If uh, you want to send me a tweet, check me out happy at Happy HR Radio and uh, stick around. I'm Christopher Chan and your host of Happy Hour Radio. Hey, this is Chris Gorman from Gorman Winery, and you are listening to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan on 570 KVI. The Commute with Carlson, weekdays 6 to 9 a.m. on Talk Radio 570 KVI. You're in the know with KVI Want to Know Weekends. Here's more Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. Welcome to my radio show. Uh, 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 uh. Hey, welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. Happy Halloween. Hope you're having a good party. (laughs) 
<laughs> be sure and check out this radio show uh, on Monday because I'm sure it's Saturday night and you're having a good time. You're probably dancing to the Monster Mash. And uh, speaking of scary things, a lot of scary words when it comes to Greek and Greece. Uh, um, some of these words are hard to pronounce, but I'll tell you what, the wines are fascinating. And I had the pleasure of having Andrea Inglesias with Athene Imports. We just tasted uh, the 100% uh, Malaguzia. 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 Malaguzia, I'm going to get there. But right now we're going to jump into um, some of the famous wine from the Santorini Island of Sertico. Yes. Let's talk about this. So we are trying Yeas Thalassites. Um, this was probably one of the first wines when it... Up in the mid '90s, that really started to put the more modern style of a Sertico on the map. Because, in the, you know, of course, in the past 20 years, winemaking techniques overall in Greece have become a lot more modern, and you used to have a more oxidative style. This yes. now thalassa in Greek means the sea. There, Yanni Parskevopoulos, who is the one of the owner and winemaker for the winery, has found that there was a wine from antiquity that was called Othalasitis. There was a wine that used to be transported off the island and you know go along the trade routes to Italy and other parts of the world, but they used to correct it with seawater. And they used to call it Othalasitis. They did that a lot. Yes, they did. You know, they don't. We don't have any seawater in this wine right now. <laughs> but you know, the, the thalassa, the, the going back to the sea. You're on an island that is volcanic. We don't have any phylloxera because there's no clay in the soil on the island. So your rootstocks are about three to four hundred years old, and you can have vines that are upwards oh, wow. of a hundred and fifty. And what's very cool on the island is that all vines, not just for us here to go, but anything that grows there, are woven into these baskets called culures, or yeah. you know, they're like a wreath. So basically, what happens is every crown year, or basket, yeah, tail. and they can come upwards. Or they're about like maybe two feet tall when they're really, really old. Um, but they weave the cane into itself every year. So then they train the grapes to grow on the inside, and then the leaves will cover. So if people go to Santorini in the summertime, they see these little green bushes all over the place. <laughs> They're like, what is that? And that's actually vines. So they do that for three reasons. First, because you know, they, they don't, there's no irrigation. So if they have some rain, which 2015, they actually got, I think, eight or 10 inches of rain, which was huge for the island. So that will just help, you know, that gives them whatever they can get. The moisture that comes in off the volcano, they have like a fog that comes in. Mm -hmm. That moisture, the leaves just grab. And then the sea spray. Leaves grab that. That's so you're in a super stressed environment. Second is you know it's sunny almost 300 days a year there. These grapes don't need sun to sure. ripen, so it's like a sunscreen. I like to call uh -huh. it. The leaves help them out. And then because in a August, cabana. exactly. You know it's SPF. That's what we well, we'll call it. Good for the soul. And um, then the third thing is that there are winds that'll come in off of Africa, and if you're if things are not tied down. Everything goes flying. I've lost clothes and some towels and stuff when I've been there as a kid, too. So, you know, you learn to tie it down. But imagine these little pumice stones just, like, pelting grapes if they oh, were yeah. on. Yeah, so this is also a barrier. Right. So it's a really cool environment, you know, to grow grapes. And it's very unique. I don't think there's anywhere else in the world that employs the kulura. And, um, I agree. I think, I think it's, it's the only the country that uh, does the... Um, the basket, we'll basket call training, it. Yeah. right? And so, this, in order to be an appellation on Santorini, you have to be a Sirtico. and that's what has really caught the sommelier community's eye in the past. I would say the past ten years, it's becoming even more popular. Um, what's really cool about it is that you have in this super stressed environment, the amount of acidity is almost it can be overpowering to some people that are really not used to a really high acid wines. 
it's a it's a great variety that really does do well and it benefits from at least 10 to 15 years of age. However, we don't have enough wine to be able to do that. I don't have the luxury of holding back vintages sure. that long. Um, and, you know, in Greece, too, people used to think that we should always drink our white super fresh. However, we are starting to see some more releases of the older vintages. And they get a little more petrol as they get mm. a little older. Kind of Riesling-esque, but they never lose that acid, which is one of the coolest things that happens. But I always say you should this wine should be treated like a red. It should be decanted if you're having it young. Ah. And um, it needs fat. Anything with fat. Steak. This is the best. Now, now granted, summer's over, but you never know when uh, you're coming around to not having you. It's, you want a nice grilled ribeye steak. And you don't want to drink red. You can pair this with it, and it'll be. It's fantastic. quite interesting with this wine. This acertico. The acid is is really bright, but the texture of the wine sort of softens that acidity, and the wine is very dry in the finish. So I can see that steak or the uh, mm-hmm. the fat content uh, context here with the wine. Anything fatty. Very cool. Very cool wine, and a uh, wine with a lot of history. Now there's a lot of work that goes into this wine. I'm sure this is um, people won't rec- really appreciate a thirty dollar white, but everyone buys a thirty dollar shard. Buy something really really cool that uh, is. Not so scary. Um, this is the uh, Thalassitis. Thalassitis. <laughs> Sorry to be the correcting one. Yeah, no, today. I need you. I need you. Uh, this is a Certico, and uh, it's twenty nine ninety nine. You can get these wines at Champion Cellars with the Mule Nano down on um, uh, First Avenue and. Denny, and then, of course, our friends at Esquin Wine Merchants. So I love this wine. Delicious. Great to taste it again. I see two reds in front of me. Let's talk about these. Sure. So now we're going to go north, and we are going to try the indigenous northern red grape of Xinomavro. So even though you hear an X, it's not a, a Z sound. It's a KS. So Xinomavro. Xinomavro. And that's yes. spelled X-I-N-O-M-A-V-R-O. Yep. Xinomavro. And Xinomavro literally translates to like... a like a sour black. Now, if we're going to bring this out to a more, like, bring, you know, give people a bit more context. Xenomavro, it's not related, though, to, but very similar to Nebbiolo. High acid, high tannin, um, you know, wines that can either be made in a more traditional earthy style where they need to have time in barrel in order to mature. Uh, and then you have your more modern producers. So you're trying, th- we're trying Themiopolis's Young Vines. So Themiopolis is a producer where his family have had their vineyards in Nausa for about 70 years. And he has decided that he wanted to go for, um, a, this is, he's replanting his vineyards. So young vines refers to the fruit from the young vines. So three to about 15 years, 100% in stainless steel. So this mm. has the really cool acidity and softer tannin notes, but it's almost Pinot Noir-esque because you can have this in its youth. He makes a premium level wine as well. And uh, we just don't have it out today because young vines is so fun when it's like an atypical style. He's only, this is, I think, his third or fourth release. What is the uh, PDO? The uh, Nausa. Nausa. It's yes. called Nausa. So, and the wine is the producer is Thimiopoulos. <laughs> I love it. It's okay, uh, you know. It's listen, such it's, a Rome wasn't built in a day. That's People gr- take their time uh, and they'll well, learn just, the Greek too. Exactly. Got to learn the casino, casino Mavro. Yes. Now it's uh, it reminds me of uh, Negramaro, which is bitter black um, from Italy, and you've got uh, sour black here. This wine actually reminds me more of a Barbera. It's got mm-hmm. some great ripe yeah. fruit. Um, the tannin is soft, and uh, the acid is nice and bright. And there's some big cherry and raspberry uh, fruit notes here. And, and this is just great for you know an everyday red where you you're having a burger, you're having some pizza, something just light and fresh, and you don't want to have this. 
big style of red wine. And it just goes so well with all sorts of different food, even salmon. I mean, totally go that route. I can get that too. Uh, Final wine we have from Domaine Mercury. Yes, Domaine Mercury is on the western Peloponnese. And for those people that might be opera buffs, Melina Mercury is somehow related along the lines. But then as you get also further west in Greece, you have more of an Italian influence. The family were merchants with Friuli. They came over in the the mid-1800s and they established the winery in one of the most beautiful places in Greece. It's right near ancient Olympia. And um, they brought over a, a, a clipping of Rafosco. Rafosco, yeah. Yeah, so this is one of the only producers in Greece that does Rafosco. And they are blending in. Now, this is where things can get interesting in terms of a resurgent grape variety. They have eight, They have 15% Mavrodaphne. Now, you're going to stop me and say, well, wait, what's going on here? You know, there's that's sweet wine usually. Well, this is fermented dry, and it is the cool part of the wine that gives it something earthy. But then you get some purple flower notes and a little bit of like a velvety texture on the palate. And this is a grape variety, too, that Mavrodaphne, you're starting to see more of it as a dry red. And that's going to be one of those next wave of up-and-coming red grapes. Um, amazing aroma. I, I get the floral notes in, in the red and almost purple fruit notes mm-hmm. coming off the uh, the nose. Mm, I'm going to take a sip. Wow, pretty. Yeah, it's very. Um, it's it's fleshy, but it's there's just a little tautness with the the tannin and the acid mix. Um, it's brush brushes across the palate. Um, the red fruits, the tannin is. Nice and grippy up front, but it's soft on the finish and uh, delicious wine. This is twenty seven ninety nine. Uh, the grapes again are Rafosco and Mavro Daphne. Yep, and it ages fantastically well. And this uh, vintage is two thousand ten. Mm-hmm. Wow, there's quite f- much freshness here in this wine, and I love it. What what a treat! Um, you know, I thought this stuff was scary because Greek wines you can't read the label. You're afraid to you know make a mistake. But hey, we learn by making mistakes, don't we? <laughs> yes, we do. And you keep making mistakes and you're not learning. Well, all uh, of our labels are in English. Everything we've we've tried here today, we don't import anything that is in that it's in foreign text. It's all in English. And, you know, we try to make it as user-friendly as possible. And I would go ask the wine stewards there at Esquin and Champion to help you get some of those uh, words down, uh, just like I need some help. So, um, Andrea Iglesias with Athenae Imports. Do you have a website? Yes, we do. It's, uh, it's www.athenaeimporters, with an S, always say that, dot com. Athenae Imports. Importers, importers. Oh, com. Well, what a pleasure to, uh, on this uh, spooky Halloween night, to taste some really spooky names, but great wines. They were treats, and I hope there weren't any tricks. Totally treats. (laughs) Uh, Thank you so much. Uh, I look forward to seeing your next, uh, joining you with the next visit here in Seattle. Super. Thank you much. Hey, folks, uh, that was a great Greek wine tasting. And uh, don't be afraid of the Greek wines. They're really phenomenal, fresh, uh, bright, vibrant, and uh, quite interesting. Once you can get past the, the pronunciation, it's all pleasure. Um, and speaking of pleasure, uh, I've got the story of the Harvey Wallbanger coming up. Uh, my friend Jeff Schaff is uh, a representative for the Galliano Autentico, and uh, that classic drink is making a resurgence here in the cocktail culture. Vodka, orange juice, and Galliano. The Harvey Wallbanger, we'll be chatting about that coming up next on Happy Hour Radio. Hi, I'm Chris Sparkman with Sparkman Cellars, and you're listening to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan on 570 KVI. 
Only one station has Sean Hannity. Weekdays, 3 to 6 p.m. on Talk Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends, and you're listening to Happy Hour Radio. Now back to Seattle, Somalia, Christopher Chan. Hey, happy Halloween. It's time for round three. That's my werewolf impression. I had a great time with uh, Andrea Iglesias of Athene Imports and uh, chatting about Greek wines. But right now we're talking about Harvey Wallbangers. Who remembers that name? I know that's a name uh, that's brand new for some of the young folks out there, but for old folks like me, it's like, what in the world? Who would ever have one of those? But I tell you what, this classic cocktail stuff is making a huge comeback. And I'm pleased to have Jeff Schaff with Lucas Bowles here. He's uh, uh, the uh, regional manager for uh, all the great products that Lucas Bowles carries, including Galliano. So, Jeff, welcome back to Happy Hour. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, so I love this idea. Um, there's going to be a National Harvey Wallbanger Celebration Day, and that's coming up on November 8th. And uh, who knows what a Harvey, Harvey Wallbanger is anymore, right? Yeah, it's it's a pretty interesting story. You know, we kind of hit that 30-year cycle of de-evolution where a 25-year-old kid might not know what that drink is, thinks it's a funny name. Uh, somebody my age, it's been over 10 years since they've had one. So, <laughs> And we're going to uh, we're gonna re-up that, because today we're going to have one right here uh, tonight on Happy Hour Radio. Well, let's talk about the story of Harvey Wallbanger. Where did this name originate? Well, the name originated um, outside of Manhattan Beach. There was a, a real surfer uh, named Harvey. One day he lost a surf competition. And before he ordered his favorite drink, which happened to be uh, vodka and orange juice with Galliano, <laughs> he started literally banging his head against the wall. So the name is a, associated with a real person and a real event in history. That's right. I give this. I love it because Galliano is actually called Galliano Autentico, right? That is correct. Yes. And so this is actually Harvey, Harvey Wallbanger has an Autentico name. A real story behind it. Back in the... Uh, well, was it the the early late se- mid seventies or so? Yeah, Harvey late- was banging his head and uh, um, drowning his sorrows in orange juice, vodka, and Galliano. Well, how fun! Now Galliano was uh, is an iconic bottle. It's probably you know twenty two inches tall or twenty inches tall, something like that. And uh, you'll see it on the back bars of most classic bars. And you're always wondering what is that? What do they do with that? I wonder what it tastes like. Um, tell us what the taste profile is of Galliano. Well, Galliano is uh, incorporating 30 different herbs, local, alpine, and exotic. It includes some of the major taste profiles like star anise, juniper, lavender, yarrow musk, and vanilla. Uh, It's uh, actually seven different infusions and six different distillations to create this particular liqueur. This is really a compound, complex liqueur because you you have to actually build this through different steps and different layers of flavor, which gives it so much complexity. I'm really fascinated about it. It looked like, you know, when you're young, you know, eh, I don't want that. I'll give me a bourbon or give me whiskey. But And we talk about complexity in some of those uh, spirits. But this this is a liqueur that has been, um, well, when, when was this founded? It started in 1896, and uh, Arturo Vaccari, who's a creator of Sambucas in Italy and still is to this day, decided to make a special product for the people that were coming to America for the gold rush. So in the late 1800s, a majority of the immigrants to the United States were Italian. So Vaccari created a liqueur that was gold in color to represent the gold they were coming to find. It had a real complex flavor like Sambucas. They put uh, Major Galliano's name on the bottle at the time. He was a he was a war hero and kind of a socialite. So he was the cock of the walk there in Italy for a while. 
the bottle, as you mentioned, the bottle, as you mentioned before, is tall, and that is meant to represent the pillars in Roman architecture. So if you were going to get on the boat and come to America during the gold rush, you would get a piece of home to take with you, something oh, to remind you yeah. of where you come from. So that's typically how that, uh, the story that how Galliano made its way to the United States. That's great. I never knew that was the, uh, um, the story behind the shape of the bottle, because it is quite the tower of a bottle, but now that when you say uh, Italian, uh, uh, Roman, or Gothic architecture, it makes sense. What a cool name, too. Got Major Galliano, huh? <laughs> and the Army's got his own liqueur named after him. Well, um, everyone probably, we're going to talk about the Harvey Wallbanger, but Galliano is such a unique and interesting uh, liqueur. What can we do with it? I'm thinking this goes well with orange juice. And what else do we do with orange juice? We make mimosas, right? Mimosas. That yeah. is correct. And you made something for me today. What you got? Well, I, I made something to start with, uh, getting into brunch and some of those... Uh, Champagne cocktails. I, I made a mimosa out of uh, prosecco and orange juice and used Galliano. So we're we're just kind of getting loosened up here with a little <laughs> right. little mimosa action. Yeah, and it's Halloween, so I love this. It's sweet orange candy for adults um, and uh, mimosas. Hey, you can drink sparkling wine and orange juice gives you a reason to, to call it healthy. Um, it's lovely. It's, it's very well balanced, and I like that you use Prosecco because Prosecco doesn't have a lot of acidity, where orange juice is quite tart, so you really don't need champagne, per se, because champagne just adds more acid. Um, tasty drink, and uh, um, I'm excited about tasting this Harvey Wallbanger. Do you have any variations, or are you going to give me the real deal? I'm going to make you a traditional Harvey Wallbanger today. However, we have gone um, a little off the rails here and there and created some <laughs> outreach with our with our Wallbanger. Things like the Veracruz, uh, Veracruz Smash that uses tequila blanco, Galliano, sugar, and lime, and mint, mint leaves. So, Interesting. So there's a, a million different takes on the Wallbanger. You can use North American whiskey in place of vodka. Uh, you can use tequila. You can make uh, light rum uh, Manhattan-style drinks oh, yeah. in that Harvey Wallbanger style. So there's a million different directions we can go. I love the flavors in the Galliano. You can really expresses itself in any beverage because you get that star anise and uh, you get the vanilla note, and uh, there's such a little bit of floral note in there as well. It's quite complex, and there's really nothing else like it. I'm trying to think what else sort of meets this. I mean, you think about the chartreuses, but those end up bitter. This has got the nice sweet flavor, but it's not overpoweringly sweet because you just added this in orange juice, and orange juice is already sweet, so I'm not getting any sense of like, oh my God, this is sticky and, and terrible. Although it is Halloween, we can have sweet stuff, right? That is correct. Yes. Okay, so next we're going to make a Harvey Wallbanger. So Harvey Wallbangers uh, are very, very simple cocktail to make. Um, it's simple and yet delicious. So the uh, the ingredients are vodka, orange juice, and Galliano. So we'll start with that. All right, our... I'm going to let you start shaking that up because I'm going to remind everybody on uh, November 8th, I think that's a Wednesday? No, what is it? It's a Sunday. <laughs> Sunday fun day. Hey, celebrate National Harvey Wallbanger Day. November 8th, it's, uh, well, this is quite interesting. Talk about social media. You can uh, do some Snapchat or some Instagram, and they've got a Twitter handle here. It's called at Drink Galliano, G A L L I A N O. And the hashtag, everyone, 
Keep banging. <laughs> RV wall banging. Uh, that's crazy um, and fun. And you're going to have a, a really fun party. You've got uh, four or five different bars you'll be going on on that Sunday, November 8th. Um, you're going to start out at Hattie's Hat uh, out in Ballard. And uh, about 3 o'clock, you're going to be uh, having some drink specials and some really fun uh, models there, helping everyone sort of appreciate the tall, svelte bottle and uh, the, the beautiful good looks of this Galliano drink. Then you'll be at uh, Republic um, down in South Lake Union, uh, Bar Sioux, which is a cool little place, uh, the Carlisle Room, and Rocco's finishing it up. I haven't been to Rocco's yet. Where's that at? Rocco's is on Second Avenue. Oh, it's uh, it's right in the heart of uh, right in the heart of the, uh, the Belltown. Here you go. Yeah, Belltown, right there. Awesome. Okay, so that's uh, Sunday, November 8th, and I'll be teasing this uh, throughout the week, so uh, you're going to have a good time. And now I've got a beautiful glass. It's uh, I love this orange garnish you've given me, and uh, it's really pretty. Um, I think the Galliano actually adds a little more vibrancy, a little more almost a fluorescent color to this orange juice. <laughs> Look at you. You're going right for it. All right, Jeff, tell me what I'm supposed to taste here. Well, you're you're gonna get um, not quite the heat that you would normally get off of a vodka and orange juice because that the sweetness of the Galliano, some of that anise, and some of those other real complex herbals notes will take away from that that heat and kind of bring that cocktail to more of a, a rounder, uh, sweeter kind of a place. How much alcohol is in here? I mean, the, ounce and a half. There's an ounce and a half of vodka. And that's Tito's vodka. Is that something you carry? That is, is Tito's. It is carried by our fellow distributors. So. <laughs> well, well, you know, shout out to them. Tito's good stuff. So I tasted this, and what I really like about this drink is that the vanilla note comes in, and it reminds me of an orange Julius a bit with a little more complexity. It's not so cloyingly sweet, but I do love vanilla and orange. I mean, that's the classic creamsicle, right? That is correct. Yeah. Um, quite refreshing drink, and I bet you if you did this up, it would add some more elegance, although I like the ice in it because I think the ice sort of gives you that chill refreshment, and um, sometimes you want to be refreshed. It's really fun. Uh, the Galliano here, uh, what does that run a bottle? Uh, in Washington, you can find it, depending on the location, anywhere from 25 to $35. And it would last a long time, right? We're only using about um, a quarter ounce or a half no, ounce? We use for, for this cocktail in particular, we used an, a full ounce of Galliano. Okay. So a lot of people have the misconception that it's just a float on the top. Sure. But it is a real mixed cocktail. So the base spirits are, are almost half and half of, of Galliano and vodka. A little more vodka than Galliano. But if you really want that full expression of flavor... A little more than just a splash on top is is something you'll need. Very cool. Here with Jeff Schaff of Lucas Bowles, and we're uh, celebrating Harvey Wallbanger Day, November 8th. We come back from this break, we're going to chat about more cool recipes with Galliano and uh, how to have fun on November 8th. So stick around. We'll be right back on Happy Hour Radio. Hi, I'm David LeClaire with Seattle and Cork, and you're listening to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan on 570 KBI. A look at the world from a Northwest perspective. Lars Larson, live, weekdays, noon to 3. Talk Radio 570 KBI, want to know weekends continue. Now, back to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. All right, welcome back to round four on this happy Halloween. Um, I've got a, a great idea for some entertainment coming out celebrating Harvey Wallbanger Day, November 8th. 
Uh, Jeff Schaff from Lucas Bowles is here pouring me a uh, great Harvey uh, wall banging mimosa <laughs> and the original named after Harvey the surfer who was banging his head on after a loss. Uh, his favorite drink was orange juice, vodka, and Galliano. So um, the story of Galliano, you've got a whole video coming out. Is that right, Jeff? Uh, yeah, we we got Harvey into town, into Hollywood, and we actually produced a uh, five-minute movie that chronicles uh, everything that is Harvey, and that's going to be uh, released on Sunday the 8th, youtube.com backslash Galliano liqueur. And is that like at uh, 12.01 a.m., or is it... <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure the exact time. There are some uh, few second clips that are available now some oh, short previews teasers. Yeah, yeah some teasers of the uh, the movie i love it because you got a 5 minute movie on Harvey Wallbanger i wonder how long the previews are <laughs> um, that's so cool so youtube uh, what's the address youtube.com backslash Galliano liqueur Galliano liqueur um, I'm sure it'll come up you those computers are pretty smart um, what give me one or two more recipes for this beautiful uh, liqueur from italy well, if we were going to talk, we spoke rum a little bit earlier. So the Italian Milano Daiquiri. It's one and a half ounces of light rum, one or three quarter ounce Galliano liqueur, three quarter ounce fresh grapefruit juice, one half grapefruit, ounce. Yeah. yeah, it's wonderful together. That sweetness and that real tart citrus. Sure. Get together and have a good time. And one half ounce of lime juice. So that's the, uh, what do you call it again? The Italian... Milano daiquiri. The Milano daiquiri. I yeah. love it. And daiquiri sounds Italian. So, and there's there's one very famous, other famous cocktail beside the Harvey Wallbanger. It's called the Golden Cadillac. And that was created by Frank Klein of Poor Reds in El Dorado, California. Poor Reds had been around for years and years and years. Um, it was created for a newlywed couple. Um it is, it's Galliano, um, white cream to cacao, a little cream, and my favorite way to do it is to take a plain, shave a little chocolate on the top. Oh. So it's really fun to is do Is this it. an up drink? Or this, is, a- this is an up drink, yeah, sorry. Sweet. That's a, a great cocktail. Uh, I get it because, uh, again, um, vanilla and orange works, and cocoa and orange, and, and you've got and vanilla, and there's so many great flavors in this bottle of Galliano. Uh, the reason it's tall is because it's an homage to the uh, Italian architecture of way back of the Gothic and Romans that helped build that great uh, country, and it was handed off to the gold rush, the prospectors who were heading to California for a little taste of home. Well, Jeff Schaff, this has been really fun, and Harvey Wallbanger Day is November 8th. Check out the video on YouTube. And and, and if you're out and about on that weekend, the 7th or the 8th, and you are having a wallbanger kind of night, uh, don't forget <laughs> don't forget to uh, you know post it to Twitter with the hashtag still banging, and you could win uh, t-shirts, hats. Is it still banging or keep banging? It is still banging. Oh, still banging before, and then keep banging after. Well, you know, just put bang out there, it'll be lots of fun. And the Hobby Wallbanger name has a whole new context for me, and I love it. Keep banging. Hashtag keep banging, and uh, send them some Instagram and tweets at Drink Galliano. Jeff Schaff with Lucas Bowles, what a treat. Thanks again for joining me on Happy Hour Radio. Thank you for having me. Hey, folks, I'm going to try to get out there on uh, Sunday, November 8th. I think that's a bye week for the Seahawks, so what the heck? Head on out to Hattie's Hat or Republic, uh, Bar Sioux, Carlisle Room, and Rocco's for National Harvey Wallbanger Day. It starts around starts around by three o'clock. And uh, Jeff, are you going to be out there? Are you going to have a? Are you going to have a team? Are you following the the party? 
Yeah, we're going to be visiting each one of those locations. We'll be swinging through with a couple of Golden Girls, uh, having a good time. Not having... not like uh, Betty White. No, sir. Like, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Although they will have white <laughs> wigs on, I hear. Too funny. Uh, and what are their specials, right? You were given uh, wall banger shots. Uh, what do we got? We got well. Each each location will have a Galliano features. Walt takes on Harvey Wallbangers on feature all night long. Awesome. And again, that's about twenty five to thirty bucks out at your local stores, depending on how much the state wants to penalize you for enjoying yourself. Those damn vice taxes. Thanks, Costco. Um, well, very cool. I hope you enjoyed today's show. I did. It's Halloween, and hope everyone's safe. Um, remember, try some Greek wines. The, the names are difficult and a little bit scary, but the wines are absolutely phenomenally beautiful and interesting and complex. And if you ever miss a show, folks, uh, you can find these shows archived. And you want to share it with a friend, just go visit the website. It's happyhourradio.net. And if you want to communicate, uh, you have any questions about the, the, what we do here on air, send us an email to ask at happyhourradio.net or tweet, tweet, tweet. It's at happy. HR Radio. I'm your host, Christopher Chan, Advanced Sommelier, your weekend wine guy, and uh, monster of mocktails. I I wish we could make a mocktail with Galliano, but that just sort of defeats the whole purpose. Um, Hope you're having a safe Halloween. I look forward to seeing you next weekend. we got some great guests, as always. Um, And folks, remember, life is always better with the designated drivers. See you next week.